time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 109 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day and we kiss them too. Don't forget. We brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? A classic French vanilla. It's yummy. So are you ready to sip some coffee and chat? I am. But first, a word from our sponsor. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubbly Farms. This month, you can receive 30% off if you're a first-time buyer. I'm a long-time subscriber, and my flock love the Healthy Nutritious Treats. Orders $40 and more ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubbly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. It's perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubbly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL30 for 30% off your first purchase. Try it today. Okay, so how are you doing? The holiday is done, but not technically done. We still have New Year's coming. How was your holiday? It was very, very nice. Are you feeling better? Yeah, I am feeling better. I'm not a fan of the cold weather we've been going through, but as far as holidays go, it was lovely. How about yours? It was good. You know, like since COVID, Christmas has been so quiet on this end because you can't see nearly as many people and you were sick for Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, we all got sick. So we've kept it so small. But sometimes there is a very good feel, very quiet, very laid back, Christmas dinner. I love it that way. You know, everyone slows down. You can talk and just relax and it's really celebrate the holidays together in a small group. Exactly. Exactly. So... I'm glad to hear that you're feeling better. Yeah, just so people know what we're talking about. I was sick with the flu and pneumonia over Thanksgiving. And then right before Christmas had like a relapse of pneumonia. Good times. Yes, I just want you to feel better. Yeah, me too. And we missed it in between, but you did have your birthday. So happy birthday again, officially. Thank you again. Okay. If you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. And we're like little kids. We love to read them. We call each other. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And it also really helps us grow a ton. If you're looking for some other ways to support the show, you can visit our Etsy shop. Check out the items we have on our store. You can become a patron of the show. Visit patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Check out our levels of membership. You can tell a chicken loving friend about the podcast and share your favorite episodes on social media. And the other thing you can do to help support the podcast is use our affiliate links and our discount codes and buy products from our sponsors. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the chicken love box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the mega box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the November box, I absolutely love that glass rooster cutting board and the woven chicken tea towel. I adore those Santa chicken hats and scarves, and I cannot wait to hang those chicken ornaments up on my chicken tree. 
Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order, and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a three-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals health products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery, defining quality for generations. For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business, working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards. Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog today. Da 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 da. Now bye for the breed spotlight. Happy New Year, breed spotlight. Yeah, yeah. We're coming into our second holiday. It's the New Year. Yay! Yeah. Bring in the bells. So this week's breed spotlight is the Olandsk dwarf. Oh yeah, baby. Now we love some little chickens. This is a true bantam breed. And let's tell everybody again one more time. True bantam means there is no counterpart that's big of this chicken. Right. So this particular true bantam breed was developed in Oland. Oland is an island off the coast of Sweden. The Olandsk is a very tiny, very pretty, and very rare chicken. They're speckled or spotted. Think Swedish flowers, but they're, they're- they are a separate breed. They're not related. You get speckled or spotted and you get our type of chicken all the way and a tiny one at that. Oh my God. These little chickens are exquisite. So they're a land race breed and they have no official breed standard, but there's this core of dedicated breeders working to make sure that the breed stays around. And there are breeders in a lot of different countries, not just in Sweden. Being a land race breed, I'm just going to reiterate what that is for everybody one more time. It means that there is no breed standard. In some cases, there is. In some cases, the country of origin has decided that they want the bird to have a standard so it can be shown. But for whatever reason, with the Olandsk dwarf, there simply isn't. There just isn't a standard. Now, Oland, the island of Oland, is Sweden's second largest island. And it has been inhabited since about 6,000 BC. Well, that's a long time. I was curious. So I went and I looked up the largest island, and that is Gotland. Now, Gotland, the island of Gotland is famous for these absolutely gorgeous silver and black sheep. And curiously enough, you can find them on Olin too. This Olin, it makes me think of Olaf and Frozen again. This makes me think like we need to be there. I actually was pretty sure that you would say that at some point during this breed spotlight. The island is connected to mainland Sweden by a very long bridge. And it's a popular holiday destination, as you can imagine. Agriculture is one of the main industries on the island, and it is also well known for the power-generating windmills that you'll find there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now back to the bird. It's a speckle breed. Right, like the Swedish flower. And so most of them are speckled or spangled with white spots on the end of their feathers. 
their colors, they're absolutely exquisite. I mean, you've got to look them up if you've never seen them. They're so pretty. These are like their background, their base colors. Again, the right. same way a Swedish flower has them. You might find a bird with, say, red background or black, white, or gray. And they have straight combs, red faces, red earlobes, yellow or pale colored legs. So they're really beautiful. They're really gorgeous little phantoms. They're so cute. They're absolutely exquisite chickens, honestly. Look them up. They're so gorgeous. So the early history of the old lands, it's unclear. According to Greenfire Farms, their foundation breed on the island, they were simply known as British garden hens. Geographically, they were just right there where they were. And they were a breed that just roamed around and bred with each other. And the whole British garden hen thing is really interesting. Obviously, a garden hen would fit for a bantam because they're largely ornamental. We don't like that word for chickens. Right. But like a pretty chicken that roamed around the garden, essentially. And obviously, they were from the UK. They're British garden hens. And they're speckled and spotted and look like they could be a flower themselves. So I can kind of see where that title for them came from. They've been on the island for a few hundred years, but the breed ran into really serious trouble during the 1980s. You don't always hear the 80s in trouble with the birds. I guess it took a little longer than than some of the other breeds. This is not to say they didn't have rough patches through their whole existence. But by 1989, there were only 54 of these bantams left. That's it. That's it. So someone had to step in and start some conservation work. We talk about this all the time, but the importance of that person that steps in, it's so important for that person to say, okay, let's do something. And they did. Exactly. Now, Greenfire Farm imported a batch of Olanch dwarfs in 2012, and then in 2014, they imported a second unrelated group. The result is that now they have an absolutely beautiful breeding line of these little birds, and they love them. They're cute. They're really pretty. Now, this is another interesting detail. I'm used to bantams that lay pretty well because I have nankins, and nankins are reasonably good layers, and they have actually a good-sized egg for a bantam. But, and this is unusual for true bantams, the old lands hens are very good layers. They will produce well over 200 cream to white color eggs per year, and they do go broody. So 200 is my standard for a really good layer. We're talking over 200. And for breeding purposes, they're going to go broody for you. You just had Martha go broody and you had last year used the incubator and you said the experience was so different and so much easier with a broody hen. So yeah, it's the way to go. I don't have the same relationship with these babies that I had with the ones in the incubator. You were closer to the incubator babies because you were their mom, basically. Right. And Martha, we've just let Martha do what she needs to do with this clutch. So with the Olansk, the hens will co-mother. So if you have two hens broody at the same time, they'll watch each other's clutches. Yeah. Which probably is really good for break time. Roosters will sometimes even help with the babies. It's just incredibly adorable. I mean, they're tiny. They're going to help everybody out. That is just that anti-frame of mind. It's awesome. It's fantastic, really. They're a friendly breed, and they really like to hang out with their people. I get the impression that they'll tolerate some hugging, but they're not cuddle monsters, you know, They but they yeah. want to be with their people. Yeah, I mean, if you want a bantam that's going to be a cuddler, that pecan or the cochin bantam might be a better choice. But, yeah. you know, this little bird is adorable and needs some help. 
they never stop moving. They're almost never still. They're always scratching and digging and they've always got something going on. This was interesting to me too. They are relatively cold hardy. And that's odd for a bantam. But yes. what we say, keep it all relative. Every bantam, it's a tiny little chicken, less on them to keep them warm. You're going to have to still do some heating for them with the panel heaters or just bring them inside. We're yeah. getting a lot of questions just recently about temperatures are going way down. I have bantams. What do I do? You can never, ever go wrong by bringing those chickens in for a night. Never. Yeah. If that's your option, if you can do that easily, do it. Absolutely. Exactly. You can't go wrong with that. And if not, add in the panel heater. Some of the Olantic boys have a good size comb on them. Very, very pretty. The same with my nankins. My nankin roosters have pretty big combs, which is why there's a panel heater in every single one of my bantam coops. Exactly. Bantams are naturally heat hardy. So if these guys can tolerate a little more cold than some bantams, they might be great in areas like the Mid-Atlantic or any place else that has strong summers and winters. Right. Because you very rarely see a bantam that says they're pretty cold hardy. I'm also not sure I always believe it because I recently saw someone say that about Seabrights. Oh, no. No. (laughs) So I'm not sure I believe it, honestly. Right. Like you said, they're still like less than a two pound chicken. So- I feel like this chicken would be a good chicken for someone who doesn't have a lot of space in a homestead area, who wants a lot of eggs. Every two is going to equal one, but you're going to equal out along the way because they're going to be really, really good layers. And an urban chicken keeper, this is going to be a great chicken for someone like that. Yeah. Like if you are in an urban area or you just have a small lot and you want to do like micro or mini homesteading, they are a fantastic breed for that. I totally agree there. They're also very good foragers, so it sounds like they're probably fantastic at turning over garden beds and compost piles. As long as you're out supervising them, that's the best thing to do. Let them turn those gardens over. They're also an amazing breed for someone who enjoys watching beautiful chickens. Like if you're a connoisseur of a beautiful chicken, this one would fit your bill. I get lost in watching the chickens. It's sometimes better than TV, better than reading a book. You lose your track of time. You just get involved in the moment. It's almost like its own form of meditation. I agree. You can turn off your racing. What do they call that? Monkey mind. You can turn off your monkey mind and you can just focus on the chickens. It's almost the same as a breathing meditation. It's wonderful. Exactly. And this little breed would be beautiful to watch on top of always moving around. And that's the part that gets your brain in a really good spot. Let's talk about where they are available. Well, you can find them here in the U.S. as well as Europe. We've been talking about Green Fire Farms. You can get them there. They're straight run. There are also some smaller breeders who probably got their stock from Green Fire originally, who will sell chicks and grow out sometimes if you're looking to just get specific sexes. Right. There is also an active Old Lance Dwarf breeder group on Facebook, and that will be a great starting point to try to find a breeder, plus have people answer questions about them. You can get these in Europe for all of our European listeners, so that's good for you too. There still are Olantic dwarves on the island of Oland. Now, they're not APA recognized at this point in time, and I've read in several places that because they're a land race, they have no breed standard even in Sweden. I didn't find anything to the contrary in all my research, If there's anyone out there that knows if there is, if someone has made a breed standard, let us know. 
because we can add that yeah. to the show notes. They're known for not having a standard. That's kind of what makes them intriguing to me, to be honest with you. I agree that there's something about land race breeds that I really, really, really like. It's one of the reasons I chose the Swedish flowers way back when. The Icelandic, when you look at them, it gives you that same feel. There are so many different looks that they can have. And I have talked about this plenty of times, but you can have all one type of chicken and a different looking flock. There's something really good about that. So if you're out there and you have this beautiful dwarf chicken, send us a picture. We would love to see. We will give you a story on our Instagram. We love to see your chickens. Send them over. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way, try Nestera. Each coop is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill. Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Amazon.com or Nestera.us. Use our code CWTCLP10 for 10% off. Check them out today. Roosties proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, take a look at Roosty's store on Amazon.com. We've personally tested their products and we're huge fans. They have their famous nesting pads, those fantastic chick water and feeder kits, do-it-yourself port feeder kits, water or nipple and water or cup kits. And you don't even need to drive to the stores. They're all available for prime delivery on Amazon.com. Visit Amazon.com and check out the Roosty's range or follow the link in our show notes. Okay, so are you ready to move on to main topic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this week, our main topic is our year in review. We're going to look back to what 2022 was for us. (laughs) Good, bad, and ugly. (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) I mean, there was plenty of good. It was another full year of doing this podcast and working with fantastic sponsors and businesses and chicken keepers. Yes, the podcast is one of the highlights for both of us. And having this business with each other is a highlight for each of us. Knowing each other over 40 years and doing this together has been amazing. And last year was an amazing year for our podcast. Like you said, lots of new sponsorships and made lots of new friends around the world with chicken keeping. So that was amazing. Yes, Just overall highlights, one of the things that I've been super excited about, and I know you have too, is writing blog Breed Spotlights for Murray McMurray Hatchery. I've been so excited for us to work with McMurray Hatchery and do their Breed Spotlight monthly. It's one way that our podcast can come out of that podcast world and go into another realm. And McMurray is an amazing partner to work with. We love them. Writing for them has been such a joy. Yeah, they're wonderful to work with. They unfortunately were hit with the avian flu earlier this year. And we did talk to Tom Watkins about that. Most of our dealings have been with the marketing department. So Ginger and Cassidy, and they're just amazing and awesome and everything good. Amazing business women. And Tom Watkins, he loves chickens. Oh, yeah. Talk about having a CEO and manager who is truly dedicated to chicken breeds. That's why McMurray gets some of our highest praise. We just love that. They're completely 100% transparent, and we love that about them. They're just such nice people. We'll mention a few people that we've continued to work with throughout the year that earn our high praises that we love. Fiona from English Country Life has been an amazing contributor to our podcast. 
She has done roundtables with us every month this year. She also is an amazing Orpington breeder over in the UK and has become such a dear friend to us. We love working with her. Absolutely. We've also continued to work with Dr. Rebecca on the show and personally, since she's our chicken vet, what an amazing woman. Her dedication as a vet is second to none. She legitimately loves the poultry. She works with us to solve some really crazy issues. And she and her husband were blessed with their little miracle baby this year. and We couldn't be happier for them. Exactly. She has been such an amazing contributor to the show. She has turned into a friend. And I think the friendships over the year have just grown and blossomed. And it makes it even more of a joyous thing to do this podcast. She is our chicken vet. So we have a very personal relationship with her. She and another veterinarian did win honors for being the two best poultry veterinarians out there. So we congratulate her for that also. We've worked with a lot of amazing people over the year. We have. Something fun that we did this year, we were cast on the kids podcast, The Big Fib. Some of you may have seen the Disney TV show. We were on the podcast, which is Gen Z Media. Essentially, they did a chicken episode. And if you've never seen the show, they have two adults come on the show. One is an expert and one is a liar. And they have a kid who is the contestant and they have to figure out who the expert really is, who the liar is. Chrissy very kindly let me be the expert. It was great. But we'll leave it up to you. Maybe you can go over to the Big Fib and listen to it and figure out if I was the expert or the liar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. We did have some downsides in the summer. We did have a very bad storm hit our area. It was a very short storm, but very violent and toured a massive big apple tree into my chicken run. Thank God all seven chickens that were in that run made it through. The Amish coop withheld the weight of the entire tree while the chickens were under it. You may have seen it on our social media. So this year we rebuilt bigger and better than ever another run over here at the Carlo Farms. At one point, we had how many chickens in my garage living while we rebuilt? You had a lot. Plus you had two broods in there. Yep. On my side, we continue to struggle with the zinc poisoning issue. Essentially, if you haven't kept up with the show, we had a couple of sudden deaths. And as devastating as that was, we eventually figured out that the problem was zinc poisoning. Our little farm here, the previous owner had just been dumping fertilizer wholesale and contaminated it with heavy metal in the form of zinc. Right. Dr. Rebecca worked with us on that. And we have just been putting layers and layers of new dirt and chips in our runs. I feel like we have made great progress. Every now and again, one of the hens will show a few signs and we'll give her the chelation therapy to get her through. Obviously, I'm heartbroken over the couple of hens we did lose. And there were some times of enormous anxiety as we were trying to cure some of the other ones of zinc poisoning. On the other hand, it has given us a huge tool that almost no one in the poultry industry talks about or has dealt with. So it was really, really important in that way. It was. We got some new chicks this year, which were always fun. Holly got nine chicks. I got eight chicks, one of which had a failure to thrive, which was Clover. It wouldn't be fair for me to not mention her in this because that little chick fought through some hard, hard times and the darkest times and you didn't think she was going to make it. And she did. And she's thriving now. 
She is a special needs chicken, but one that can live within her flock, which is truly amazing to me. You can follow her story over on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Clover was injured during her transport to us. It was a hard few months, basically, getting her back up to speed. Well, you've done an amazing job with her, and she looks fantastic. She's a very special girl. Some of our listeners are just in love with her. Before we go into some of our favorite things for the year, just going to very quickly mention my llama Skippy. If you are a longtime listener, you will have heard this story. If not, I'm going to keep it very brief. Skippy was one of my first two llamas. I'd had him for 18 years. In early September, someone came onto my family's farm and attacked him. I don't even want to talk about it other than to say we had to euthanize him and it was horrible. There have been some of you asking if there were any results from the police investigation. The answer to that is no. So thank you all for your well wishes and your kindness and your support through that because it was one of the most awful things that ever happened to me in my life. It was terrible. We all cried. But the outpouring of love that we felt afterwards was amazing. Mm -hmm. For a second there, you lose hope in everything. And then the outpouring of love that came back in was pretty good. Poor Skippy. May he please rest in peace. I know he's in peace. That changed me in a fundamental way that I can't really put into words. Yeah. That's a hard thing to go through. I mean, it was hard as your best friend to go through it. So it's a million trillion times harder for you to go through. After that, my mom did get very critically ill and came very close to dying in September due to septic shock. We won't go into details. September was one heck of a month. It was horrible. And she was rushed to the hospital in critical condition on a ventilator for 24 hours. And she pulled through after 11 days in the ICU. My parents have been staying with me since. They will be probably going home after the first of the year. Her numbers are up, so she is feeling much better. We've had some really good times over the year, but we've had some tough times. Yeah. We just pull through and we lean on each other. And that's one of the things I think over the year and really over the years, we lean on each other and it's good. Yeah. I like to be there for you. Going through all that with your mom was really hard. It was tough. I've got to tell you, I haven't seen her that much since we were kids. So it's been nice to come to the house and see her. I've enjoyed that. And now she's finally feeling better. And, you know, it's great. It's really, really good to see. With that said, let's move on to some of our favorites of the podcast. So we'll start with Breed Spotlight. What was your favorite Breed Spotlight of the year? Oh, so many fascinating chickens. Oh, I loved all of them. But I think my favorite spotlight to do was the Rhode Island Red. I didn't know the history behind the Rhode Island Red, so I had great fun researching it. I just thought it was fascinating. And it's, again, it's the quintessential American chicken. So it was great to know the background. We're kind of re-going through some of the breeds and getting even more history and even more facts for you. My favorite, I think, is the Buff Orpington because there are so many different facets of it that you really don't know. And then there's the whole family dynamic behind it. What a proud family this was of this chicken breed. The Cook family in general, they kind of changed the face of chicken keeping in a lot of ways with their Orpingtons. If you haven't listened to either one of them, the Orpington and the Rhode Island Red that we did this year, you might want to check them out because if we do say so ourselves, it's good stuff. Okay, so let's move on. We were thinking, who's one of our favorite guests of the year? We've had the most amazing guests. We thank all of them for coming on. So let's just list who you think was one of your favorites. This is really hard, but ultimately I picked Dr. Jeanette Berenger from the Livestock Conservancy 
when she came on to give us the results of the 2021-2022 poultry census. That is such important work that the Lovestock Conservancy does, keeping records of these birds so we know where the conservation work needs to be directed. And Jeanette, I love her as a guest because she has so many stories and she knows so much history. It was a little bit of a quieter interview because we were all focused on these numbers and how many birds have ended up on the critically endangered list, but so important. Yeah, and I think after that, it changed our focus even more, focusing a lot more on these birds that are in major danger and giving some more life to them. So yeah, that was an amazing interview and eye-opening and somewhat sombering. There was an overall somber note to it, but you can't choose the breeds that need conservation. You can't give them the help they need if you don't know which ones they are. With my favorite, I'm going to go with one of the most inspiring women I think I've ever had the honor of meeting, and it's Jane Howard from British Hen Welfare Trust. Yeah. I remember that day we sat down and spoke with her afterwards. I was almost in tears because she is so inspiring and started off as one woman with the classified ad in the newspaper and started this great rescue and basically abolished battery hens in the UK. One woman. She is truly one of the most inspiring women I've ever spoken with. We finished that interview and I was like, I need to go save the world now. She's inspiring. She's charismatic. I love speaking with her. She's just such a lovely person and has such a huge heart. So intelligent. And a great sense of humor under all of that. You want to put the super cape on after you talk to her and you feel Mm -hmm. like if she can do it, you can. And you want to go out there and help as many chickens in the world as you can. So yeah, all of the animals. I want to go save all the animals. Yeah, that would have to go down as my favorite for the year. How about recipes? Do you have a favorite recipe that we did this year? All the recipes are so good. And I love the fact that we bring awareness to there's eggs and everything because we do sweet, savory, baked dinner, lunch, snack, mm-hmm. drinks. I'm so proud of Ella, my 13-year-old. She has taken to baking so much lately. Yeah, She loves to bake from scratch. She just makes up the recipe or she finds a recipe and she changes it to the way she wants it. My favorite recipe is Ella's baked churros. She one day just got up and said, I'm going to make churros today. And she did. And they were amazing. That's fantastic. And that's what I said. I was like, couldn't you have chosen an easier recipe? I mean, churros are kind of complicated, but she just did all the steps. And we were actually recording while she was working on the recipe. So she couldn't find your piping bag and couplers and things. Yeah. She just made one. She just got a Ziploc bag and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. The tip and did it. Yep. And that's what I love about her. She's resourceful and she is willing to just say, okay, I want to make this. Now, I will say this. She leaves the kitchen in shambles. And I tell her, I'm like, look, you can bake anything you want, but please clean up after yourself. So Ella's churro recipe, and they were delicious. They smelled amazing. They smelled so good. They were so good. I think mine is my strawberry rose celebration cake. Yes, the fun fatty. But we had the fireworks coming out of the top of it. <laughs> yes, that's right. You're going to have fireworks shooter. That cake I love for a couple of reasons. One is that, as we often do in the months of June and July, we're really, really zeroed in on early American history. And we were doing a couple of early American cookbooks, and we discovered how often rose water was used. I have in to say, baking. it's one of my favorite things, too. When we sat there and went through that little cookbook, it was so much fun. It was fun, yeah. We were reading the recipes in our version of early early American 
Yeah. It's so That's much fun. Ridiculous. So the strawberry rose celebration cake. The other thing I really love about that is that I used my own roses in it because yeah. I have tons of roses all over my place. So it's a triple layer almond and vanilla cake with layers of strawberry rose compote in the middle and just some of the most ridiculously good frosting ever. That was a real, real favorite. I love that one. Yeah, it was good. All the recipes, we sit down, we brainstorm. How can we use eggs in a different way? I love that because everyone gets bored with scrambled eggs. You know what? I don't either. But (laughs) eggs are in everything. I love that we bring awareness to how you can use these eggs every week in maybe a slightly different way. So all in all, it was an amazing year. We had ups and downs. Thank you for being my BFF and being there for me for the downs because it means a lot. You know me, a woman of few words. Likewise, 100%. And thank you. Yeah, it's been an amazing year. And here's to a million more talking chickens every week. Yes. Best job ever. Best job ever. And you know what? Thank you to our listeners. Thank you so much. Without you, we would not have a show. We love you guys. Yes, we do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So now we're going to move on to cracking the eggs, cracking those eggs. We're flipping it up a little bit today. Well, you know, New Year's Eve is coming up, so we're doing a cocktail. This is quite an interesting cocktail. This one packs a punch in more ways than one. It has both cognac and brandy in it. But Yum. Despite <laughs> the fact that it's called a coffee flip, it doesn't have any coffee in it. What? Some people think it's called a coffee flip because it looks like coffee when it's shaken and poured into a glass. Okay. We know for sure that this drink has been around since the 1950s. Some sources say that it's been around since the 1800s. I'm not sure which one is right. It is very similar to a brandy flip, but it uses whole eggs instead of just egg whites. Then use the whole egg. Wait, so we're going to drink the whole egg in this drink? Yeah, you are. Wow. Obviously, if you're making this for elderly adults or anyone who's immunocompromised, pasteurized eggs or maybe a pass on this one because this is the whole raw egg. Right. If you want to add a coffee taste, we recommend adding a little bit of a coffee liqueur. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong with coffee liqueur. Yeah. You can probably do it with a splash of real coffee. But, you know, at this point, you may as well just gild the lily and add some more liqueur in there. Okay. So let's go over the ingredients that are going to be in this drink. You're going to have one whole egg. One teaspoon of powdered sugar. We kept that version because it's simple. Many recipes for this cocktail call for simple syrup. And some of them call for simple syrup made with demerara sugar. And Demerara sugar, if you've ever worked with it, is like a less refined... I've never uh, worked with it. I quite like it. I usually have it on hand. It's a less refined sugar. It tends to have a little bit more of a complex flavor. It's like a tiny taste of molasses or brown sugar to it. I can't put it into words. It's very good though. Okay, so an ounce of brandy is next. An ounce of port. And two teaspoons of light cream or oat creamer. Yeah, that's optional. You don't have to put the oat creamer in there. Of course we did because yum. Why not? Come on. So you put all that in your shaker. With your ice and you shake it. Yep. Strain it into a glass. You want to strain it because you don't want extraneous egg bits in there. And then grate a little nutmeg on the top of it. A long time ago, I think when I first got married and I was just kind of learning how to cook and bake and everything on my own. I remember somebody saying to me, never use anything but a whole nutmeg and grate it. So I always had like whole nutmeg. Me too. I wasn't the one who gave you that, was I? No, it was somebody like older 
And it is so true because that flavor is so striking. And, and when you use the whole nutmeg, it's even more. So here's the last thing that we say. Do not drive no. after you drink this. <laughs> Do not drive after you drink this. This is one for like a nightcap. Try it. Tell us if you like it. Send us pictures if you make it. We would love to see it. So let's move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this week, we're going to do our annual New Year's week talk about chicken booze. Chicken booze. It's all about the chicken booze. I have two offerings this year. How many do you have? Probably one. That's okay. <laughs> so my first offering is, this is a new one, Victoria Vineyard's Farm to Table Chardonnay. Okay. It is produced by Fowl's Wine. There's an adorable hen on the label. I don't like a big oaky Chardonnay. I don't either. Um, this particular Chardonnay has a little bit of an oak taste, but overall is a very fruity wine. Okay. Excellent addition to your chicken booze. Again, that is Victoria Vineyard's Farm to Table Chardonnay. That's awesome. This year, my contribution to chicken booze, this year I went to Fredericksburg, Virginia to meet with our cousins from out of town and we had a great day antiquing. The end of the day, we went to a historic farm vineyard and the chickens were right there with us. There were donkeys, there were horses. And this winery is called Wilderness Run Vineyards and it's in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And it's a world of farm and wine and they actually do make a beer there also. And on their labels are chickens. So the whole thing that I love is farm brews uh -huh. and farm wineries. You go there and you can sit right next to the chickens. The chickens walk around from table to table and greet everybody. So when it's off season, do they let the chickens out in the vineyards to clean things up? I believe they do. And I believe that the chickens do free range around. They had a very large area for them along with all the other animals. That's yeah, their stuff. wine is delicious. So that's my contribution for the chicken booze this year. It's a place I found. I love it. I want to go back. You and I need to go back. That's Absolutely. Right. Well, we were planning on it, but December didn't go the way we planned. That's okay. It did not. Well, we're going to wrap up the chicken booze with my other offering. Now, in previous years, we have profiled the Chook. Yes. Which is an offering from Australia. This year, they have added a Shiraz Viognier blend. Nice. So this is not their sparkling Shiraz. This is a Shiraz that they blend with Viognier grapes. Nice. And essentially it takes that kind of almost spicy red wine and adds some fruit flavors to it. I used to like the most complex and strong red wines you could drink. And now that I'm 50, I find my stomach doesn't like them as much. So I think that this particular blend might be one that I'll try. That sounds awesome. And if you know chicken booze that we have not mentioned over the last three different New Year's episodes, send us a message. Let us know. We'll showcase you. We love doing this. So should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week, our Braid Spotlight is a listener request. We're doing this for, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I'm not sure if it's Camilla or Camilla. Either one is beautiful. She requested we do the Australorp. We're doing a 2.0. Can't wait. Master Alert 2.0. Our main topic, we're talking New Year, new chicks. Yes, some reminders and some chat about all the new chickens you can get. Oh, yeah. Cracking the eggs. We're doing breaded fried whole eggs on balsamic greens. We'll tell you the story behind this. Chrissy came up with this one. 
And for retail therapy, we are doing a vintage dive into the Federal Glass Company's chicken offerings. I bet you everybody has some somewhere in their house. I have some. I do too. Okay, so happy, happy New Year. Please have a great New Year's Eve and a New Year's Day. And what should we tell everybody to do until next year? Hug your chickens, tuck them in safely, and go drink some chicken booze. And kiss them too. Don't forget. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you next year. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.